Hello, welcome to another episode of the SkyTap podcast. My name is Noel Wurst, SkyTap's content marketing manager, and this week we are joined by senior instructional technology specialist Nina Talley. I got the chance to attend Nina's session, Delivering to the Developing World, at the 2016 Learning Solutions Conference, and I sat down with her after her session to dive deeper into the planning that can be done ahead of virtual training classes to ensure that they run smoothly and to be able to quickly troubleshoot when they don't. Nina had some awesome tips for some of the pre-planning that should be done to accommodate learners who are distributed around the globe, especially amidst hardware or bandwidth constraints. If you or your team provide virtual training on a global scale, you may be familiar with some of the headaches that these types of limitations can cause. We'll be discussing some of those today, as well as the real cost of a poor student experience in your classes. Well, there's the bell. Let's get started. So we just got out of your session, which was titled Delivering to the Developing World, a Producer's Lessons Learned. And you talked about delivering virtual training on a, uh, on a global scale and some of the um, the technical challenges that come along with that, especially when some of your users are in maybe a low bandwidth area. So um, I was curious as to how you uh, identify some of those challenges ahead of time rather than facing them at the start of your training session and then going into panic mode. Yes, as we laughed about during the session, um, whatever we can do to avoid panic mode is of the utmost importance. So one of the things that's been a best practice for us has been um, the use of one-on-one -on -one technology checks with each participant. And so these usually are five to 10 minutes just checking in. Uh, a member of our production team will meet them in the virtual room ahead of time and um, go through do you have the hardware you need? Do you have the software you need? And then here's the virtual space. Let's do a quick little orientation so that nothing is a big surprise on the day of. And these are great checks also to confirm, will you be in the same place when you come in for the session? Um, will, is this your home office, your work office, somewhere else? Um, what's the, and even checking sometimes for, um, specifics about latency and bandwidth if folks are really having a challenging time to get those kind of details, to get details about their IT staff availability. Because usually our participants are um, UN employees, and so since we um, consult or uh, contract with them, then we have access to some of their IT staff who can also provide some additional support. So um, we like to at least have that one first touch at least a week before the session, so then we have some time to um, mitigate the issues before the delivery. So that that kind of brought me to something else that came up in your session, and that um, that I heard someone say earlier on this week uh, they were touting uh, that accessibility is more important than quality sometimes, and that if your training isn't accessible, then it doesn't matter how good it is. Um, you know, people can't get to it, but. It's almost like in, in situations like this, just because they can get to it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to use and pain-free and not cause headaches or frustration. And so it's almost like accessibility now isn't even enough that, yes, it's got to be of a good enough quality, and yes, it's got to be accessible, but it's also got to be easy to use. And so by doing some of those things ahead of time, you're kind of going a step further and showing that, um, that you know, that I guess usability is a, a huge term. 
but that uh, you know it not only has to be usable, but but um, those kind of things can be prepared for. Yeah, I would agree, and I think I don't think it's an either or. Like it's a, a quality has to go with accessibility, um, and then you know you're also doing some major, well, with some participants, some um, you know just some capacity improvement about their own understanding of how web browsers are different from you know an interface like uh, one of the platforms that we use and so kind of doing some education just to get them up to par with being more comfortable with using the technology that's needed for the session um, but I think all of that uh, comes under high quality and how you show up for your participants um, and how you prepare for their questions or their concerns and their realistic environment of what they can and can't do. Um, we've certainly delivered to um, or, or have had participants who just don't have the hardware capacity to participate. And so knowing that in advance, then we can go back to our main client and be like, so-and-so just doesn't have it. So either you provide it for them or they can't participate. I mean, there's nothing that we can do further to set them up with the hardware technology that they need. And so sometimes those decisions have to be made. But I think even that is an aspect of high quality delivery to be able to support every level and be really clear and so that expectations don't get muddled by the end by why somebody didn't have a good experience right. because they didn't have the, the technical pieces that they needed. Right. So one of our one of our partners always talks about the cost of quality and talks about how um, sometimes it can be hard to envision what that cost is if you see that everything is fine and that you know your quality is fine but it's when you then do have a problem you know in this case it's someone talking about um, like a bug making it into production um, in software development and how when that happens it can be catastrophic yeah. everything from a uh, you know stock market losses to you know a negative media coverage and that kind of thing but this is very similar in that you're talking about you know, it may not be a bug, it could have just been a, uh, I guess, a missed opportunity to check something beforehand, mm -hmm. and that um, that then creates some, some real headaches and, and maybe even further. So my question would be, um, what is the, the cost of quality in, in virtual training when um, something like this can happen? If, if we look beyond just someone getting frustrated, what, what's a, a bigger impact that would maybe resonate more with the business that it can go to from there? Mm, yeah, that's a great question, too. I think the... The main cost of quality is that one individual's experience could snowball and affect 20 or 30 different people's experience um, and could interrupt then the opportunity for learning gain that we were going for. Um, and so identifying in advance what those issues are is critical, but even if you're in the room, um, there are things I think that you can do or that I've done as a producer to connect one-on-one -on -one with them. I'll even ask them to leave the room and we'll have an email conversation to just take it outside so that it's not um, any longer an interruption for the rest of the, the folks in the space um, and then try to mitigate and if we can't then say we're going to have another one-on-one -on -one before the next session because we want to make sure that we find a solution for this so that it doesn't interrupt a, 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 a future session. But I think that's so critical to not allow one person's experience to influence other people um, because we all have different technical setups. They've even had situations of folks like connecting in from Ghana, but different offices in Ghana. And so they have a different 
even though one might assume that the internet connectivity in Ghana is generally the same, right. it just wasn't in this case. And so, you know, that person was just like, well, I don't have a problem. Great, I'm glad you don't have a problem, right. but that's not the case for this other person. And so we can't judge because we don't understand all the, the specific issues about their individual connection. Mm -hmm. um, and so really taking the time then to understand um, what every individual is experiencing and not having it impact negatively other folks. So to, to end on a, on a positive and, uh, and not, not the fear of the things that can go wrong in virtual training, um, I've heard some people say that they believe that virtual training offers even um, more opportunities for, for interaction and engaging with, uh, with learners than being there in person. And earlier in the session we talked about um, you know, smaller functions like the chat and whiteboard and those kinds of things. But I, I wanted to get your opinion on, on that statement because I feel like a lot of training is moving to virtual and will continue to do so. Um, so what opportunities do you see there in virtual that maybe don't exist in in-person and do you find one to offer more than the other? Yeah, this is a great question. I come from a background of face-to-face -face training and I love face-to-face -face training. I think it gives human beings the opportunity to be them, themselves fully um, and to bring that into the room. And there's still so much, I think, that is limited by our technology that doesn't quite get there as a face-to-face -face interaction does. And I would say that it's so much is impacted by the design and the facilitator. So if you have a poor design or a poor facilitator who's not interested in interactivity or not interested in the cues that we give one another when we're disengaged in a classroom setting, um, the same is true for a virtual space. If you don't have that facilitator who's going to pick up on their intuition cues of like, I haven't heard from this person or their quality of responses isn't anywhere near what the rest of the group is there's something going on there so to be able to identify those um, in that moment is one of the key elements and so I think even though the technology is as present for us to have fantastic virtual experiences um, we still have a ways to go to learn to increase our capacity in the design and the facilitation in a lot of spaces um, and I think a lot of folks are even though they're picking up on more wanting to do more virtual events. Um, they're coming from a space of like webinar-ish, right? Or PowerPoint pushing. And so those traditional modalities aren't what we want to continue to do. We want to innovate and really incorporate different things um, and not to lean too heavily on any one method. Because I think even folks who do webinars you know, with just the webcam on them and just kind of talk to the camera the whole time, that's not always efficient either. So you want to be able to vary it and to know what kind of features work well with each other. So chat and poll are really similar. So you don't want to rely on those two interchangeably too much, but you want to do, you know, your, your whiteboard or your screen share or your breakout room activity and like mix and match it up so that it's more energy, um, interesting, but also uh, attending to the learning outcome that you want. I really enjoyed Nina's session and the conversation I had with her afterward because it brought to mind something we talk about in software delivery all the time, the concept of quality being baked into software. Quality can't be an afterthought or something sacrificed in order to just get something out the door. 
And as Nina pointed out in our chat, even if your virtual training class is of the highest quality, there are still a number of actions and considerations that can be taken to ensure that your virtual training environments are accessible and easy to use by learners around the globe. That's going to do it for this week. We hope to have you join us again, and you can now subscribe to the SkyTap podcast on iTunes. And we're also still at our original home on SoundCloud, so you never miss an episode. New episodes and transcripts are also posted to the SkyTap blog, and you can follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, at SkyTap, to keep up to date. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a great day.